What's up, people? Welcome to Uncommon Grounds, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. This is a podcast about students from our School of Communications. I'm your host, Chris Roush. In this episode, I interview Averill Evans. She is a journalism and political science double major who also writes for Culture Magazine here at campus. The show is produced by Grace McGuire. Thanks for listening. Averill, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. So first question off the wall, I know. Spotsylvania, Virginia. How does somebody get from Spotsylvania, Virginia to Quinnipiac University? Because I actually know where Spotsylvania is because I used to live in Charlottesville. Oh, okay. That's fun. (laughs) So it's kind of random how I ended up here. Um, I was in a push in I think my junior year of high school and I saw I got an email from a funny looking name. And I clicked on it, and I saw like a cute little picture of like the hills and the mountains, and I was like, okay, this looks nice. And here I am. Okay. Did you visit before you actually accepted admission? I did. I visited with my mom and dad, and I think my brother, I think my senior year of high school. Okay. And it was very nice. Okay. Nice. So what what attracted you to to Quinnipiac other than the rolling hills and the the, the pretty campus? <laughs> Honestly, what attracted me the most was the three plus one program. Um, seeing as it's kind of advanced and kind of fast paced, getting a bachelor's degree and a master's degree somewhere within the school of comm, I thought it was the smartest decision. Okay. And why journalism and political science? What's the attraction for both of those? So with journalism, I just honestly like talking to people. I like hearing people's stories and I like, you know, just exchanging ideas. And with political science from where I grew up, um, it's it's kind of a long story, um, if that's okay. Go right ahead. So where I grew up in Spotsylvania, it was up north, but it did have a lot of history to it. It was like deemed the crossroads of the Civil War on like certain plaques, uh, historical plaques around the county. And it was always something that intrigued me, the history of the county and also the other history as we had Jamestown not too far away. And it was just you know, something I was always thinking about. And the people there are very loud with their political opinions. (laughs) Okay. And it was just interesting. Yeah. Um, And I'm I'm looking here at your LinkedIn page and and your career goal is you want to be a public affairs officer. Yes. I don't see that very often. (laughs) What is the attraction to being a public affairs officer for a government agency? I think it's mainly being partially like a public servant, being able to speak with people, and also with the job you're able to travel a lot. And with being, I think it was an overseas diplomat as well. Yeah, I see that too. It's something that you can go travel and experience the world and experience different people, different cultures, and try to make the world more of a coherent place with exposing people to cultures. Okay. Do you, do you mentioned overseas, do you have like a specific region of the world or a specific country that you're interested in? I don't have a specific country, but I was born in Japan. So okay. Okay. maybe okay. top of the list, Japan, then maybe the Netherlands. Okay. And maybe somewhere in South Africa. I think okay. that'd be pretty fun. So I've never been to Japan, but I have, have I actually did a Fulbright in South Africa. 
How's that? Um, the country is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, the poverty is um, unfortunately amazing as well. <laughs> uh, and and the, um, the way that some people live is just scary. Yeah. Um, but my, I have an uncle who was stationed in the Netherlands. He worked for the government oh, as well really? in the 70s. He, he lived in the Netherlands, he and his family. So that's interesting that you mentioned that. Yeah. Why, why the Netherlands? Again, it goes back to it being a pretty place. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I've seen so many pictures of like, it looks like another wonder of the world, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So. We used to get wind shoes for Christmas every year. <laughs> um, and, and foreign diplomat, that's that's kind of intriguing to me, too. If I, if I had to go over and live my life again, I think I would explore that mm -hmm. uh, a little bit more. Yeah. Um, wh why, why, why does that interest you other than being born in Japan? <laughs> so my mom, she works within an agency within the federal government. Okay. And they allowed her to go and travel to different places. Okay. Like she went to, I think, Denmark. Then she was in South Africa. Then she was in Japan. Then she was in Germany. And she was just kind of all over the place. Okay. And I think that's really hearing her experiences there kind of drew me to want to do that as well. Okay. I have a former student of mine from at my previous university who is a, a foreign diplomat in Turkmenistan. Oh. Of all places. Oh, wow. And I see the picture she posts on Facebook and she's just having a blast. <laughs> I would hope so. That sounds <laughs> but, yeah. awesome. Yeah. So um, so there's that. Um, I want to I shift and talk a little bit about Culture Magazine. Um, this is a new publication, relatively new, about a year old. Um, what is its focus and what is its goal? So the Culture Magazine, um, what it's really for is just to to give voices to the minority groups on campus. Um, there's different uh, events that we cover, different organizations that we cover, and it's really just, just for us to write about the different um, different culture experiences, I guess you could say, of the different organizations here and be able to share that with other people. And how did you get involved? TJ Brown. TJ is the man. He really is. <laughs> <laughs> we were sitting in, I think, one of our work study um, shifts and he had mentioned it and I was like, oh, okay, that sounds pretty fun. Sounds pretty yeah. nice. I wasn't like at first, I was just like, oh, you know, maybe it's just something like the Chronicle. Um, and then he started to like explain more about it and I saw myself like leaning in kind of when he was talking yeah. and then going into the multicultural suite and seeing the, um, the covers of the magazines uh -huh. on the wall, I was like, oh, this is something nice. This is something I want to be a part of. Okay. Yeah. And are you covering something specific for culture or? Um, nothing specific. Um, last year I did the, the different organizations uh -huh. and their different events and I think really how it just the importance of it really okay um and yeah okay and, I, and I'm trying to think of the cover were you on the cover with TJ and the others no I wasn't okay <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was okay those are so cool <laughs> okay you know where TJ is now right isn't he in Arizona? He's in Tennessee. Oh, yeah. I saw that on his Twitter and LinkedIn. <laughs> He's in Knoxville, Tennessee, covering mm. high school sports for the for the paper there. I'm so happy for him. Yeah. He's yeah. doing amazing things there. I, just, I told him as long as he doesn't become a Tennessee fan, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm good with that. <laughs> um, 
Avril, you have a couple more years left. Yes. Um, and, you're, and you're plus one, obviously. What, what do you want to accomplish? You're, you're kind of midway through Quinnipiac. Mm-hmm. What, what are you hoping to accomplish the next couple of years at Quinnipiac? That's a big question. Um, I think one of the things that I really would like to do is the Q in DC just to get a feel of the political climate there. But something that I really would love to do with both my majors is just kind of bridge the gap between, I guess, state, local, and like federal agencies with the community. Because I think it was what FDR who did the fire fireside chat. Fireside chat. chats. Yep. And I think some things like that are really important for just everyday common people to be able to have that relationship with their government. I hope that's something that I can do. Okay. Um, you mentioned um, that in your community back in Virginia, people express their political views very loudly. Yes. And and this is a this is a theme across the country. Yeah. What's the solution? Because it bothers me as well that I, people can't have civil conversations anymore. Yeah, I think one of the main things at least that I've read and I've seen is from previous generations, they were taught to not talk about, what is it, the big three, politics, um, sex, money, and all that stuff. And I think that bred a bunch of people who just have their own ideas and who don't necessarily want to talk about it with other people and don't know how to have those conversations. And I feel like with that generation being so, I guess, stuck in their minds that like we can't talk about these things, that we have another generation who is slightly breaking that curse with being... Slightly? <laughs> Honestly, I think our generation might have it. I don't... <laughs> don't quote me, but... Yeah, that's all right. I think that with our generation being more confrontational when it comes to that, it's slowly breaking those... We're slowly having those conversations, and I think that's one of the main solutions. Yeah. You know, I, when I look at it, I think there's a deeper problem, and that is people have a, just a lack of respect for each other. And, yeah. it, and I don't understand where that's coming from. Maybe it is coming from what you just said about how people my generation did not discuss these things, and, and it, it's like pent up inside a lot of people and, and now they feel like they can get it out and just say whatever they want yeah. but it's but it, to me it just boils down to just a lack of respect yeah i think a lot of people are so hardwired in what they believe and will not accept anything other than that even yeah. if it challenges them and i think that's like you said a big problem yeah and, and i think the other problem just based on what you just said and, and i agree is people seem to have difficulty realizing that maybe their point of view is not the correct point of view yeah. that, that maybe they don't have it all figured out yeah <laughs> um, yeah it's a hard thing for some people to accept yeah I, I do think it's a hard thing for people to actually listen to somebody who they may not agree with and then sit back and think you know what maybe I am wrong yeah how can we get back to that is I guess my my bigger question honestly it would take a lot but i think i mean slow change is better than no change in my opinion yeah and i think with next generations and their kids and their kids kids it'll break that up okay yeah so you're optimistic about the future yes i try as hard as it may be sometimes yes i am um what do you think about the impact of social media 
(laughs) things like social media like twitter it i understand it's a private company but the the way that it's just okay I've hit a spot, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I understand the right to freedom of speech, and I understand that, but freedom of speech, you you can have that, but there is a thing called hate speech that I think a lot of people lump in with freedom of speech, and it's not that at all. Yeah. You know, the the problem with, with freedom of speech for some people is they think they can say anything but freedom of speech does not mean freedom from repercussions. Exactly. You know, if you say something, you've got to be willing to accept the repercussions of what you have said. Exactly. And people don't understand that that's a key point in freedom of speech. You can't just say anything and just walk away. Exactly. And I think that's what social media platforms allow people to do. Yeah. They allow them, allow them to say these hurtful things and spread misinformation without facing anything yeah. because of it. Yeah. Don't get me started on Kyrie Irving. Oh, well, he posted that, um, that about book. The movie. Oh, yeah. I haven't read much about that. Yeah. You know, they finally suspended him. They did? Yesterday. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Well, I mean, again, he had his opportunity to apologize. Yeah. And even after a press conference, when he was asked about it, he still didn't apologize. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Averill, what do you what do you like most about Quinnipiac? And then and then give me something you would like to see improve at Quinnipiac. Okay. Um, the thing I like most is the hockey games. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's, the the atmosphere is just something different there, and I love it, even though I'm not a sports fan. Okay. Um, and something I would like to see improved, um, I would say diversity is something I would like to see improved, and okay. I would also like to see people attending these different cultural events, these different, um, just, I would love to see people interacting more with different cultures rather than just not okay um fair enough yeah i I think that's that's pretty good yeah because i've noticed at these um lcs events mslc events even the um the 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 fair that we have with all those different organizations Mm -hmm. it was mainly and it's all right for you know people who affiliate with that culture to go to it but i would love to see more people yeah and i would love to see more people engage with those organizations yeah yeah, I, I think the only way we're going to get better as a society is you got got to learn about other people in society because we're society is not going to become homogeneous. It's going to yeah. become more diverse. Yeah, it is. The more we go on. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Avril, we're gearing, uh, getting to the end of the episode. I have a question that I ask all guests. Oh boy. <laughs> Tell me something about yourself that few people would know that would be kind of cool or unusual? Hmm. Oh, that's a hard one. Do you want me to start? Yes, please. Okay. Okay. My wife and I were married on a beach in St. John, and we were married by a sailboat captain that only had one eye. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) How about that? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and, and he was ordained. 
He was. Yes, he was our sable captain slash minister. <laughs> That's such a fun story. Wait, how did you find? How did you find she him? She found him online. Okay. We knew we were going to go to St. John, mm. and um, and she just found him. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> and it was just it was just me and my wife, the one-eyed sailboat captain, my two sons, her son and her her daughter. It's just the six of us on the beach. Oh, that's a small nice little wedding. Yeah, except for the people who were out there like sunbathing. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um I don't know. I don't know if this is really interesting um i guess it make most people say what but um in high school uh, i had a major injury where i was i think it was an it was two entire stunt groups in practice they fell on me and i sprained my ribs no two i bruised my ribs and stunt groups stunt. i was a cheerleader okay and i bruised my ribs pretty badly like wasn't able to sit down for two weeks had to take ibuprofen all day wow but i still competed Ooh. later that week Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah what what were you thinking? I don't know, but in my head, I was thinking, no one's going to do it. I have to do it. So I went out there and competed. I couldn't do a lot of things, but... Wasn't it hard to breathe? A little bit, but I'd taken like maybe four Advil before we went on. So I was coasting, and then after, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was out. Wow. I'm, I'm kind of a baby when I get injured. <laughs> I don't think I could do that. It, it, I don't know what it was, but I did it. <laughs> All right, Averill, right, I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Uncommon Grounds. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That was my interview with Averill Evans. She is a double major in journalism and political science here at Quinnipiac University. Uncommon Grounds is hosted by me, Chris Rausch. I'm the Dean of the School of Communications at Quinnipiac University. This show is produced by Grace McGuire. To learn more about all of our podcasts, visit qu.edu slash podcast. You can listen to our podcast on the platform or app of your choice. Definitely check us out on Twitter and Instagram at qupodcast. Do you have a story to share? Something you want us to talk about? Find us on social media or shoot us an email. That address is qupodcasts at qu.edu. Until then, keep your distance, wash your hands, and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.